Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz with your host, Gail Dixon. Tune in every Saturday, 9 a.m. for great shows about obtaining and maintaining health, business, and finance. Learn from the experts here at PIHradio.net. And now, broadcasting from the Partners in Health and Biz studio, here's Gail. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz on the PIH Radio Network. And yes, I am your host, Gail Dixon McBride. So happy you could join me this morning. This is, and we are broadcasting live from our Columbia, Maryland studio. This is Saturday, February the 1st. Yay! The first first day of the month, 2020. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So let's get going into this show. If you've tuned in and you know, the title is Myths and Facts About HPV and Cervical Cancer. Now, January, even though we just crossed into February, uh, we acknowledge that it was uh, that it is HPV and Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. So much information that we shared last Saturday was not able to complete all of the information. This is a very important topic that everyone should know about, young, old, men, and women. Yes, the HPV virus, uh, which can uh, be transferred from male to female, and it is a sexually transmitted disease. And in females who have cervix, it will turn... If untreated and it undiagnosed at some point, if you have the cancer cells and they're not treated, yes, it can turn into or aggress to cervical cancer. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. So that's why this uh, show is for you. And so anyone who is sexually active can get HPV, which stands for the human papillomavirus. Even with up to 19 million Americans contracting a sexually transmitted infection, STI, each year, many people continue to believe that only someone else, for example, people who have multiple partners, sex outside of marriage, or a different lifestyle are at risk. This is not true. This is not true. Anyone, I repeat, who is sexually active can get HPV. Remember, unless you are a virgin, (laughs) never had sex before, and your mate or your husband or your wife is a virgin and never has had sex with anyone else besides you before, then you still can contract the HPV virus. And it is true that a higher number of sexual partners over the course of a lifetime does correlate with a higher risk for STIs, including HPV. So before we go on, please get pen and paper so you can take notes and let your friends know, your family members, that we are broadcasting live so they can tune in. The call-in number to Partners in Health and Biz is 347 945-7433, 
Press 1 if you have a question or a comment, and you don't have to do anything if you want to continue to listen in. If you are calling in and listening, you also can listen via the Internet. The website is www.pihradio.net, and you click on the show entitled Myths and Facts About HPV and Cervical Cancer. Okay, so again, it is true that a higher number of sexual partners over the course of a lifetime does correlate with a higher risk. Of course, the more sexual sex partners that you have, the more likely that you can contract the HPV virus because you may have had sex with that one person, but that person could have had sex with 10 or 20 people. And who knows how many people those 10 and 20 people had sex with. You all, It all comes together. You are basically having sex uh, even though you're not having sex, but even though you're not having sex with 20, 40, 50 people, that when you have sex, sexual relationships with one of those people who have had sex with those many people, and they have sex with you, then you, uh, those, those uh, DNA from that other person and all those other people can become a part of your DNA, which c- could cause you to have the HPV virus. Um, so this is not because any moral judgment concerning casual sex as compared with committed sex but simply because the more sexual partners you have, the more likely you will have a partner who knowingly or unknowingly is carrying an STV, STI, a sexually trans, transmitted infection. So we want you to, to listen up, take notes, and share this information, information with your children, your mates, your boyfriends, your husbands, your wives, Share this information. This is a very important topic, and we are going to get right into it right now. So the first myth, there are facts and myths. There are many myths and misunderstandings about HPV and cervical cancer. It can be hard to know what's true and what's false. Do older women still need pap tests? Do lesbians need to be screened? Well, we're going to share this morning the facts about cervical cancer and prevention. And the first one we are going to share is how uh, is HPV, is it common? HPV is common. That's the first fact. After being diagnosed, some people feel that they are the only person they know with HPV. It's easy to understand why so many people hold this misunderstanding. After all, public awareness of the virus is extremely low. Most people who contact us, uh, the the um, Cervical Cancer Societies, the National, uh, the NCCC, uh, and most people that contact them say that uh, Well, it's easy to understand why so many people hold this misunderstanding. Um, And they contact the HCCC about HPV and have never heard of HPV until they've been diagnosed. So has that been your experience? Have you gone to the doctor because you were getting your regular pap smear um, 
uh, exam, your yearly pap smear exam, or maybe perhaps you had, ladies, perhaps you had some type of um, problem uh, going on in your genitalia in the vagina area, and you went to your gynecologist saying, I don't know, it might be a urinary tract infection, it could be blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, your doctor says, well, let's not just guess that about that. We're going to give you a test to find out what's going on. Uh, perhaps you had some itching or whatever. But anyway, those struggling with this troubling condition or strange new diagnosis rarely discuss it with others since it was seeming, would seem, it would seem unlikely that they would understand. And others, your second best friend, your cousin, your coworker, your neighbor across the street, likewise feel constrained to keep silent about their HPV, thinking that you wouldn't understand. Well, the net result is that very few people ever have the chance to place genital HPV in an accurate context, as the very common virus it really is. Current estimates are that 75 to 80% of all people will be infected with HPV at some point in their lives. Wow, wow, wow. 75 to 80% of all people will be affected, will be infected with the HPV virus at some point in their lives. Now, among those ages 15 to 49, only one in four Americans has not had a genital HPV infection. Wow. Only one in four has not had a genital HPV infection for the ages of 15 through 49. It's true that most often genital HPV produces no symptoms or illness. And so a person who has been infected may never know about it. Experts estimate that at any given time, at any given time, only about 1% of all sexually active Americans have visible genital warts. So you don't even, can't even see it. You wouldn't even know. If you give yourself a self-examination and you have genital warts, they most likely only 1% are going to be visible. Far more women have abnormal pap tests related to HPV infection, but in many cases, healthcare providers do not explain the link between HPV and cervical infection, perpetrating the misunderstanding which thus is why we're having this show. So what about can anyone who is sexually active get HPV? Of course, yes. The answer is yes. Even with up to 19 million Americans contracting a sexually transmitted infection, STI, each year, many people continue to believe, as we said earlier, that only someone else, for example, people who have had multiple partners, sex out of marriage, or a, diff- or a different lifestyle or are at risk. Not true. However, 
It is true that a higher number of sexual partners, again, over the course of a lifetime, does correlate with higher risk of STIs, including HPV. This is not because of any moral judgment, again, concerning casual sex as compared with committed sex, but simply because the more sexual partners you have, I repeat, the more likely you will have a partner who knowingly or unknowingly is carrying an STI. However, STIs can be passed along as easily or as readily in a loving, long-term relationship as in a one-night stand. And HPV is the virus to prove it. At least one study of middle-class, middle-aged women, most of them married with children, found that 21% were infected with cervical HPV. In other studies, according to Nancy Kiviat, MD, a researcher at the University of Washington, about 80% of people who have had as few as four sexual partners have been infected with HPV. And I told you earlier why this is. You don't know how many partners they've had. And they inject you with all of those partners when you have sex with them and you uh have access to their DNA, which becomes part of your DNA. All right, so let's move right along, right along to our next question and answer. Now, an HPV diagnosis does not necessarily mean someone has cheated. This is uh, another myth. An HPV diagnosis does not necessarily mean someone has cheated. Some people believe that HPV in a relationship is a sure sign of infidelity. This myth has been responsible for a great deal of anger, confusion, and heartache. It has led many people to tragically wrong conclusions because it fails to take into account Remember what I told you, one of the most mysterious aspects of genital HPV, its ability to lie latent. Yes, the virus can remain in the body for weeks, years, or even a lifetime, giving no sign of its presence. Or a genital, genital HPV infection may produce warts, lesions, or cervical abnormalities after a latent period of months or even years. Yes, so it does matter when you think about it uh, how many sexual partners you've had. (laughs) Of course it matters, yes. Uh, The virus can remain in the body for weeks even, years, or even a lifetime, giving no sign of its presence or genital HPV infection as I said, may produce the warts, the lesions, or cervical abnormalities and lay latent for months or years. As mentioned, most people who are infected with genital HPV never know it. Their virus does not call attention to itself in any way. In most cases, a person is diagnosed with HPV only because some troubling symptom drove him or her to a healthcare professional, right? Right, yes, or some abnormality was revealed in the course of a routine exam. Uh, Case in point, uh, 
the friend of mine who I talked about last Saturday who was diagnosed with the HPV virus. But although careful examination can identify genital HPV infection and laboratory tests may even narrow down the identification to a specific type among the two dozen or so that inhabit or inhibit the genital tract, there is simply no way to find out how long a particular infection has been in place or to track it back to a particular partner. Keep this in mind. In a monogamous relationship, therefore, just as in an affair or even in an interval of no sexual relationships at all, an HPV diagnosis means only that the person contracted an HPV infection at some point in his or her life. Okay, so what about the pap smear? Let's talk about that. Uh, We want to know what it means if you have an abnormal pap smear. An abnormal pap smear result doesn't mean a woman is at high risk for cervical cancer. Okay, and I'd like to give, in, give out the call-in number one more time if you have a question or comment. If you're just tuning in, we are discussing the topic is myths and facts about HPV, the human papilloma virus, and cervical cancer. The call-in number is 347-945-7433, 347-945-7433. Moving right along, um, First of all, an abnormal pap test can be caused by factors other than the presence of a high-risk HPV type. When a pap smear comes back as abnormal, it means just that. Under the microscope, the appearance of a few cells in this sample differs in some way from the classic appearance of of healthy, intact cervical cells. The difference could be due to local irritation, a non-HPV infection, a low-risk HPV type, or even a mistake in the preparation of a cell sample. Thus, I reflect back on last Saturday's show. To help sort out the various possibilities, a woman with an abnormal pap test is often asked to come back to the doctor's office and have the test repeated. Most non-significant reasons for an abnormal test last only a short time, and so repeating the pap test after a few months usually weeds these out. Even if the result is again abnormal, this is rare, this rarely means that cancer is imminent. In an overwhelming Majority of cases, a truly abnormal pap test is due to pre-invasive disease, not invasive disease per se. Follow-up tests such as uh, colposcopy and biopsy can help evaluate the abnormality and remove any potential malignant cells. If further treatment is recommended, the patient and her health care provider usually have several options to consider and time to consider them. So what if a woman with a persistently abnormal pap test does not receive treatment? This scenario is unlikely in the developed, in the developed countries where the follow-up measures described are standard practice. 
but even supposing that a woman went untreated after repeated abnormal pap tests, she still would have the odds on her side because only one out of four cases of cervical lesions will progress to cancer if left on its own. But don't take a chance. Don't take a chance, ladies. If you have an abnormal pap test, please go back and have and be retested and reexamined. And treatment is almost always successful in preventing cervical cancer if the abnormal cells are found in time. So that's why we don't want you to wait. It's very important. You don't want these the HPV to progress to cervical cancer. But this but if it, if it is, you still can nip it in the bud if you go early and have it treated. But this very effective system of protection can work only when each woman takes responsibility for the first step by having a pap test. Pap tests are very, very important at regular intervals. According to the National Cancer Institute, about half of women with newly diagnosed cervical cancer have never had a pap test, and another 10% have not had a test in the past five years. So get your regular pap test, ladies. So we're going to move on to uh, a next topic. Lesbians need regular pap tests. Well, the idea that lesbians don't need uh, preventative screening is based on an overly simple view of how HPV can be transmitted. Certainly penile, penile vaginal sex can pass the virus along from one partner to another, but HPV can be passed through other forms of skin-to-skin -skin contact as well. The most recent evidence of, for this comes from a study underway at the University of Washington, which has found a number of genital HPV infections among lesbian women, even in some women who have never had sex with a man. Genital HPV in lesbians has not been has not been extensively studied, but researchers suspect that prevalence the prevalence rates will be lower than than among heterosexuals. Even so, the rates will not be low enough to rule out the risk of cervical cancer altogether, so a regularly scheduled pap test is a smart health measure for gay and straight women alike. Okay, okay, what about older women? Do older women still need pap tests? Well, the answer is yes. Unfortunately, the myth that older women no longer need pap tests is shared by many women and healthcare providers alike. Women who are past reproductive age may no longer visit a gynecologist believing that they no longer need regular screening. In many cases, no other provider recognizes the need for continued pap screening. Data from the 1992 National Health Interview Survey indicate that one half of all women aged 60 and older have not had a pap test in the last three years. Wow, wow, wow. One half of all women aged 60 and older have not had a pap test in the, last, in the past three years. The result can be deadly. One in four cases of cervical cancer and 41% of deaths occur in women aged 65 and older. Listen up, listen up, my listeners. Continued PAPs may be recommended because HPV can re recur even after years of latency. I repeat, so that friend of mine I was telling you about who had it, 
she needs to get regular uh, pap tests, no matter what, what the age. I'm not even sure. I think she was diagnosed in her 50s. However, according uh, according According to the guidelines published by the American Cancer Society in 2002, women aged 70 and older may discontinue screening if they have three or more normal pap tests, which means you still have to have those regular ones, and you have to have three or more normal pap tests and no abnormal tests in the last 10 years. However, if you are still very sexually active at age 70, I, your talk show host, your your health and wellness consultant, Gail Dixon McBride, would recommend that you still get your regular pap test. What's best for you? Speak with your health care provider to see what is recommended given your own medical history. Okay. When a woman has an abnormal pap, her male partner does not need an HPV test. True or false? True or false, when a woman has an abnormal pap test, her male partner does not need an HPV test. Is that true or false? Well, based on our experience, uh, the NCC, the National Cervical Cancer Coalition, says based on their experience with other infections, having a partner get tested would seem like a good idea. However, thus far, there's no diagnostic test that can accurately determine whether a man is carrying an HPV infection. And even if he does, there's no way to treat him for the virus. Wow. So that's why they recommend the the um, that you get vaccinated. The parents have their... their um, Young men and young young ladies, teenagers vaccinated for the against the HPV virus. According to recent guidelines drafted by the CDC, examination of sex partners is not necessary as follow-up to an abnormal pap test. It's certainly possible, even likely, that the partner is or has been affected with the virus, although highly unlikely that he will ever show any symptoms, nor is it possible to determine whether he can spread HPV to a future partner. However, if a woman has external genital warts, her partner may still consider scheduling a medical exam. It can be useful for a male partner to talk with a health care provider to gain more information. And, of course, if a man starts to notice symptoms of his own, such as unexplained bumps or lesions in his genital area, he should get medical attention at once. Now, uh, note this. I know of a young lady who had the uh, genital warts, didn't tell her partner, and he was infected with the genital warts or the HPV virus. Now, genital warts, uh, do they lead to cancer? Well, no one knows how many sleepless nights can be laid at the door of the myth that genital warts can lead to cervical cancer. The truth, however, is that um, is that the fleshly growths we call genital warts are almost always benign. In the vast majority of cases, they do not lead to cancer, turn into cancer, or predispose a per- person toward developing cancer. According to Catherine Stone, MD, genital warts need not raise a red flag with regard to cancer in anyone's mind. There are more than 100 types of human papillomavirus, and most are quite specific in the sites they can invade and the pathology they can cause. 
Those most strongly associated with cancer are HPV types 16, 18, 31, and 45. I repeat, HPV types 16, 18, 31, and 45, and to a lesser degree, half a dozen others. All right, so warts or dysplasia may or may not come back. Uh, Warts and dysplasia do recur, come back in some cases, but by no means all. When they occur, they show varying persistence. Some people experience just one more episode and other one more episode and others uh several. The good news for most people is that with time the immune system seems to take charge of the virus, making reoccurrences less frequent and often eliminating them entirely within 2 years. Okay, so we're just about out of time. Uh, respiratory papilloma papatomosis is a re, is a rare occurrence. Despite the myth that a pregnant woman with genital warts is like very likely to have a child with respiratory papillomatosis, the r- risk is quite small and has been associated with only two specific types of HPV: HPV six and eleven. Uh, There is a possibility that during childbirth, the baby may contract the human papillomavirus while passing through the mother's HPV-infected birth canal. If a baby does not contract HPV during birth and if the infection persists, it may cause the child to develop lesions on on the vocal cords that can interfere with breathing. This condition, known as respiratory papillomatosis, can be treated. So I certainly hope you have um, enjoyed this show. Condoms reduce but don't eliminate risk the risk of HPV. Used correctly, condoms are very effective against STIs such as gonorrhea and HIV that are spread through bodily fluids. However, they are likely to be less protective against STIs that spread um through skin-to-skin contacts such as HPV and herpes. The reason is simply that condoms do not cover the entire genital genital area of either sex. They leave the vulva, anus, perineal area, base of the penis, and scrotum uncovered, and contact between these areas can transmit HPV. I certainly hope you have enjoyed this show. Uh, tune in next Saturday and visit the website www.pihradio.net. And I hope this show has been helpful for you. Um, I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. Please, if you would like to be a guest on my show, you can email me at goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. Goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. Our website is www.pihradio.net. Until next Saturday, everyone, stay healthy and business savvy. Have a wonderful day. God bless and love you all. Ta-ta for now. Again, I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. Have a wonderful weekend.